Hi, I'm Bill McMurdo and this is Emrys Podcast. What I want to look at today is being the difference. And by that I mean being the difference in the nations, being the difference on planet Earth, being the difference and how you can be the difference. And by that I mean how you can transform culture, society, the nations, penetrate the seven mountains, bring that situation or do your part to bring that situation um as it's in Isaiah chapter 2 the knowledge of the glory of the Lord filling the whole earth uh, all the uh nations coming to Zion to the people of God for instruction and wisdom and and blessing so i want to look at Ephesians chapter 3 couple of verses in there these verses have electrified me I've always known about them, um, I, I, I am aware of them, but lately the emphasis on them has been so powerful in my life. I actually preached on this just the other day and um, a bit annoyed because the recording didn't come out exactly uh, the way I wanted it to, but it's still in my heart to look at these verses. Ephesians chapter 3 and we'll start in verse um, 8, unto me Paul says, who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles or the nations the unsearchable riches of Christ. And watch this. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ. There's a mystery that we are stewarded. in. Now remember, mysteries from God are hidden for us, not from us. Okay? So, um... Paul says to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, okay, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. Verse 10, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. The New King James says to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. And another version says, should be made known the manifold wisdom of through, his intent was that now through the church, and that, that, that's really a better way of putting it, by the church, through the church. What he's saying is the church is to be the vehicle, the agency, by which this manifest, sorry, manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety, the manifold wisdom, to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. There are two things here that we need to know. And, and one of the things you discover, one of the things I've discovered, is that when you read certain things in Scripture, we see it in Revelation chapter 1 where it talks about Jesus being um, the faithful witness and the firstborn from the dead. But then it says he's the ruler of the kings of the earth. Now, the church has, I'm talking about the church being the body of Christ, we have had limited understanding of certain things. So that when you say Jesus is a faithful witness, everyone says Amen. When you say Jesus is the firstborn from the dead, we think, oh, well, he is risen Easter. So we preach all these things all the time. They're all they're 101. 
But then when you say he's the ruler of the kings of the earth, and I talk about this a lot, and I'm sure you've heard me saying it if you've listened to other messages, people just go, what? <laughs> you know, because the ruler of the kings of the earth, what does that mean? It means he's the boss of the president of the United States and the prime minister and King Charles and all these people. Jesus is their ruler. And that's an active thing, not a passive thing. But that's a whole different message. And But this is one of those things where you, the church walks in part of the revelation but doesn't have the full revelation. Now watch this. He says here in verse 9, Paul says, to make all men see the mystery, the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world have been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. He says he preaches among the nations the unsearchable riches of Christ. So we've done that. Oh my, we've done that. Okay? We've exhausted that um, in many ways over the centuries. We've preached Christ. We've preached to let all men see. We've had evangelism and evangelistic crusades and all these things. So we get that part of it and we think, well, the, jo the job of the church is to let people know about Jesus. And that's where much of the church is today, the vast majority. Well, we're just letting folks know about Jesus. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. But look at verse 10. Here's the reason for all that. Here's the, the deeper truth. Here's the deeper reality. To the intent that now unto principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by or through the church the manifold wisdom of God. What is he saying? He's saying that we preach the unsearchable riches of Christ to let men know. Men are our audience. Men are our target. But there's a deeper reality. There's a, a target market, if you want, beyond men, and that is the spirit realm, the realm of heavenly places, the realm where principalities and powers are. And as I shared recently, you know, there, there's different ways of looking at that. Um, you can look at it, the principalities and powers are wicked principalities and powers, and they need to see the church demonstrating the kingdom of God, the authority of Christ Jesus. Uh, you could also say it applies also to the third heaven angels, the angels that serve God. And, you know, I was sharing this recently, um, and just saying, you know, imagine angels who are in God's presence. Imagine angels who are ushered into God's presence, and they're with God all the time, and they, they can even gaze upon him. They have access, and, and we have the same access, okay? It's just that we have it in a you know in our spirit man but angels you know they can just go into uh, the throne room of god okay um they have access that, that we long for in a sense we already have it but we have to we have to exercise it by faith okay we're seated with him and having the places we're told to come boldly and i think the fact that that we don't again we don't do those things the way we should or the way you know, people don't do those things the way they should um, but angels, well, they just, you know, that's their realm. But the reason I'm saying all that is for this, because there are things that angels who gaze upon God's very being and presence, they don't know his purpose. That it's not known to them. And the only way it's going to be known to them is through the church, through you and I. This is amazing stuff, okay? 
uh, and it's a great teaching, but I don't really want to go there. What I want to say today about this, being the difference, is this. And, and this is something the Lord keeps emphasising to me, so I'm going to emphasise it here to you guys. And it's this. Who you are eternally is the real you. And the more you walk in that, the more you impact everything around you in this dimension and in other dimensions. In other words, what he's saying here in this verse 10 of Ephesians 3, I mean read this and meditate on it. He's saying that who you are and what you have been entrusted with by revelation of a mystery impacts the spiritual realm. Impacts, I believe it impacts the second heavens. Uh, where you would say the evil fallen principalities and powers are. But I also believe it impacts the angelic realm in the third heaven, the highest heaven. Who you are impacts everything around you. The revelation that you have impacts everything, okay, if you walk in it. And what, what I'm trying to say here is this, is that Things around you, and I'm not talking about just in your home or in your place of business or in your immediate vicinity. Yes, in your immediate vicinity. But beyond that, you can impact the nations, in fact, the entire cosmos, just by renewing your mind, developing the inner man. In other words, your personal time with the Lord, meditating the word, of course, prayer. Now, we would say with prayer, yes, amen, you know, because we're called to pray Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And that impacts circumstances, that impacts communities, it impacts nations, it impacts on a global scale. But friends, what I want you to see is this. Just by being you, by being who God has called you to be and developing your inner life. One of the things the Lord showed me, I mean, this is just mind-blowing, is that the inner life is the real life. Now, I know a lot of people are aware of that. I know you can point to mystics. And, and, you know, modern day mystics and indeed ones from of old and say, well, that was a great secret they discovered. But that, that, that your interaction and involvement with and engaging with the realm of the spirit. And by that, I don't mean just some kind of your spirit realm. Oh. We're not talking occult New Age stuff here. We're talking about engaging with the spirit realm, being engaging with God, the Father, God, the Son and God, the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're not talking about just being some kind of mystical weirdo uh, that just opens up to demonics, demonic forces. No, 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 no. We're talking about interacting with the glory realm. Because everything that you are and everything that you have in the glory realm is meant to be manifest here. That's what he's saying here. Paul is saying this that we need to show principalities and powers. Now, we're not uh, engaging with them directly as, well, let's have a conversation with some principalities and powers. That's a slippery slope, okay? It's not our job to boss angels around. Uh, you know, I'm going to tell my angels what to do today. Um, you know, you have to be very careful. You get into what the Bible calls, you know, really effectively worshipping angels because... You end up speaking to angels, and, and really that you pray to angels then. And we have to be very careful with us with that whole kind of uh, spiritual warfare stuff going on. 
where you know people are always binding principalities and powers. You, know, you used to get these people. Well, I went in a prayer walk around the town today, and I bound every evil spirit and every principality and power. So now the whole town is open for the kingdom of God to come in and folks to get saved. Folks, we need to avoid all that because a lot of these people are just doing a kind of spiritual warfare Nintendo in their head. We're not talking about engaging with the spirit realm in ways that are suspect and dodgy and, you know, a little bit, you know. We're talking about engaging with the spirit realm by communing with God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Ghost. We're talking about spending time with God. We're talking about meditating his word. We're talking about spending time in prayer. We're talking about spending time using your heavenly prayer language. Serious communion time with God. But but the main focus is not to, how, how can I put this, to do stuff. Amen? The main focus is to be who God has called you to be. In other words, develop the inner man. Renew the mind. Renewing the mind impacts your body. Renewing the mind impacts your family. Renewing the mind impacts where you work, where you worship. It impacts your circumstances. Uh, let me just show you this, okay, from Psalm 128. I love this psalm. And it's a psalm of degrees or steps. In other words, as you go on, you, you it's levels, okay? That's really what it's saying, a psalm of levels. You grow, and watch what happens. It says, blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, or feareth Yahweh. So it starts with you. You're a blessed man if you fear Yahweh. So we start with the fear of the Lord. Now, let me just say this. That society needs the fear of the Lord. If you get the fear of the Lord upon someone or a group of people, you, you don't have to do much evangelism. So, But you have to start with you because the fear of the Lord is catching. It's contagious. I believe that. Blessed is everyone. So we start with the individual that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. You have to walk in his ways. In other words, you have to be committed, you have to be involved, you have to be engaged, not just I go to church on a Sunday, what more do you want? You have to be somebody that communes with the Lord. Now watch this. For thou shalt eat the labour of thine hands, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Let me just say this, if you're not happy and it's not well with thee, there's a reason for that. Oh well, yeah, the devil attacks me all the time. Well, not if you're blessed by fearing the Lord and walking in his ways. Don't mention the devil here. Now the devil's always going to attack, but I think a lot of what we call attacks, listen, I'm getting into preaching here, a lot of what we call attacks is just quite simply, we're not doing what we should do, so we end up uh, messing up. And we're blaming the devil because we're not doing what we should do. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest and say this. When I mess up, it's not, it's not really about blaming the devil. I'm not letting him off the hook, you know, but he's going to take advantage. But the, the point I'm trying to say is, is that a lot of the stuff that we have is self-inflicted. The trials that we have, you know, I believe that. I know it in my life. Then it says, thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thy, thine house. Or your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house or within your house, flourishing within your home. Now, let me just say this to you. What he's trying to say here is, is that if you get blessed and you walk in it, there comes a point in time it, it'll touch someone else. 
And if you're married, it should touch your wife. And, you know, you can reverse this round and say that uh, if wives, a woman fears the Lord, walks in his ways, then, then she she will be blessed. It's, it's an individual blessing, and then it starts to touch someone else. Okay? So a wife, it'll touch your husband. You might be uh, have an unsaved or backslidden husband, but if you keep walking with the Lord in his ways, then it'll touch him. You don't have to do much, don't have to preach Bible thump, quote scriptures, just be the woman God has called you to be. And if you do feel led to share word, the word of God, that's fine. But you understand, he's talking about your wife will get touched by you being blessed. Then it says, thy children will be like olive plants round about your table. Wow. Okay. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. In other words, your children will be blessed. And that blessing will come back. You'll be blessed by your children. Then he says, verse 4, Behold, that thus shall the man. In this way, in other words, this is how God blesses the man that feareth the Lord. This is, thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. You'll be blessed by seeing your family blessed. Or you'll be blessed by seeing the people in your immediate circle blessed. The blessing is radiating out. And how are you blessed? Because you fear the Lord, you walk in his ways, you meditate his word. You spend time with God. You're a serious, committed believer. Then it says, the Lord or Yahweh shall bless thee out of Zion. Now, I, I believe here, uh, for our application in the New Covenant era, Zion is the people of God, the church, the, the ecclesia, the place where people of God dwell. You'll be blessed in church. You'll be blessed in the community of other believers, other Christians. You'll be blessed out of Zion. Then it says, And thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Now you're blessed in the home. You're blessed in Zion, which as a Christian, that's your community. That's, that's, the, that's the folks you hang out with. And you're blessed in Jerusalem. And what I believe he's saying here is you'll be blessed in your community, your city, your town. Where you live will be blessed. If you live in Glasgow, you'll be blessed. If you live in Edinburgh, you'll be blessed. If you live in London, or New York, or wherever, Washington, you will be blessed. You'll see the blessing of God in your city. Why? Because you just keep fearing the Lord and walking in his ways. In other words, you just keep being who God has called you to be. You're developing the inner man. You're meditating the word. You're renewing your mind. You're building up your spirit, man. You're edifying yourself. And it reaches out eventually. It'll touch your city, your community, your town. Just by being you. You as God intends you to be. Watch this. You'll see the good of Jerusalem all the days of our life. It won't just be fleeting. It won't just be boom bust. You'll see it all the days of your life. As you, if you keep walking in his ways, keep fearing him, keep doing what you're supposed to do, meditating the word, spending time in prayer, communion with God, you'll see it touch your city. Verse 6. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children. In other words, this is a generational blessing. It won't just touch your life. It'll go down through the generations. You want to bless your grandchildren? Then walk with God. And then finally watch this, and peace upon Israel. Or in other words, you'll see peace upon your nation. Peace, of course, is not just the absence of conflict. We live in a world right now where war is really raging 
on the continent of Europe and other places and threatening to break out in other places. Peace is not just the absence of war or conflict, though. Peace is the atmosphere of heaven. Peace is the kingdom of God brings peace. Righteous government brings peace. You'll see peace upon your nation. It won't come through the politicians. In fact, and I'm going to do this in the next podcast. In fact, you'll see that you are the answer to the mess that the politicians are making, to the mess that national leaders are making. You'll see that just you being you, which is, and, and by that I mean you in Christ, you who God has called you to be and what he's called you to walk in, you impact the nations. You are the difference. The blessed man here, he starts off being blessed in himself by fearing Yahweh and walking in his ways. We would just say that uh, in New Covenant uh, language as walking in him, walking in Christ, walking with Christ, in Christ, being uh, a disciple of Jesus. Um, and you can't disciple nations. Jesus called us to disciple nations. Matthew's 28, the Great Commission. Teach all nations, disciple them, subdue them, teach them to do the things that, that I've that I've taught you. You can't disciple nations if you're not discipled yourself. And let me just say this to you. That's the key, you disciple yourself. The key to being the difference is to be a disciple, to walk with the Lord and to meditate his word. Prayer is a big part of it. Prayer is you releasing what is really going on inside you in terms of a re revelation that you're supposed to walk in this. I talk about Melchizedek order, king-priest ministry. It's really just ruling and reigning with him because you're a priest. You are also a king. You have th those two things. You're communing with God as a priest and then you're releasing the authority that you have and the wisdom and the revelation and, and insight that you have by decreeing and declaring as a king. So we're going to leave it there for now. Our next podcast, we'll, we'll continue along this theme. Uh, but I just want you to see this, that who you are, what you are walking in, blesses you, blesses your immediate circle. It's ever-increasing circles radiating outwards of influence and authority. You don't have to do much. Just be who God has called you to be. You understand? We, we focus a lot on, well, what does God want me to do? No, the focus is, who does God want you to be? As you develop that, I, I want to say this, I'll say this before I close this. I, I, I've, I found this out a long time ago, but I've been seeing it a lot more recently, that there are a lot of people out there um, who are what you'd call, they're more into metaphysics and more into, I, I wouldn't say new age, but I, I would say new thought type of thinking. You know, it, it, it's not, it's not, uh, what we would believe as born-again Christians. Uh, but there's a lot of people out there that are into those types of, you know, it's more the mental realm. That's what I'm trying to say. And the power of the subconscious, okay, which is, for me, you know, 
that's really just, in some ways, a counterfeit of the spirit realm, walking in the spirit. Uh, some ways, a, a dilution. But, but there are people who are into all that mental stuff. Okay. But what I will say to give them credit is they understand this principle that I'm sharing today, that if they develop their mind, we would say renew your mind, but if they develop their subconscious or, or impress upon their subconscious, they use the term auto-suggestion. We would just say meditate God's word and speak the word of God. And, and a lot of times it's scripture that they use because they understand there's power in scripture. There's power in God's word. There's, there's spirit and life in it. So they understand this principle that I want to share with you today. That if they change their mind, transform their thinking, you know, if you want to call it positive thinking, if they think positively, if they fill their mind with good things and fill their mind with prosperous thoughts and thoughts of success and, and advancement and progress and prosperity and so on, not just in the financial realm, but in every realm, health and so on. They understand that if they do that, and some of them would maybe even just put it, you know, to, to sound hippie-ish, putting out good vibes, man, into the universe. <laughs> now, we're, we're not talking about that in a sense, but we, that we are, though, because we're, we're putting out the best vibrations that are possible, which is God's word which is spirit and life. But they understand that if they do that, if they change their thinking, they'll see their circumstances change. They'll see things change around them. It will personally bless them, but some of them are even into this idea that they will change society, they will change the world by changing their thoughts. And they believe that, and, and to a certain extent, they walk in it. We need to, as believers, understand that they've just, in a sense, hijack scriptural realities and revelation. Because what we've just read is, if you are personally blessed and keep walking in that and keep communing with God and keep fearing him, uh, to fear the Lord is an old covenant way of saying you, you, that God is number one, you reverence him, or re revere him. Uh, you, you know, that's why the, the, the Lord's Prayer starts off, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, your name, we, we, we hallow it, we revere it, we honour it. Honouring God with a holy fear. Walking in his ways, being who you're supposed to be. It starts blessing you, it blesses those around you, it blesses a wider, ever-widening circles of influence. And as we've already seen in Ephesians chapter 3, it actually reaches into the heavenly realms. It transforms atmospheres. It actually changes, even I believe, the third heaven in the sense that even angels need the understanding that only the church can bring them. Wow. Being who you're called to be. Being the difference in the earth. What a wonderful calling and a glorious destiny each one of us has in that. In Jesus' name, the Lord bless you. Till next time, amen.